Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. So we're officially into the quarter stage of the season. I know that sounds depressing, but that's reality. So we've got the San Diego... No, no, we haven't got the San Diego Chargers. No, we've I got the last... When I was doing my notes. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to say San Diego Chargers. So we've yeah. got the Los Angeles Chargers, or LA Chargers, in week four. And the game's got a bit of a different feel about it ever since the injury to Garoppolo. Um, there's a lot of the fan base feeling down at the moment. They don't see Bethard as a decent backup replacement. People were talking about signing quarterbacks, and we've obviously had quite a few in, and Shanahan said, no, it's 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 not going to happen this week. Hmm. What, what are your thoughts on why he brought those quarterbacks in? Is it more a case of... He didn't have the confidence in Nick Mullins being the backup to Bethard with him being a rookie. And he wanted a, a, a veteran to come in, a more established, a more experienced hand to sit behind Bethard just in case Bethard goes down. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't think any any of the guys that we've brought in or any of the guys that we might likely to be bringing in in the future are, are likely to see the field. I think we're going to be in a whole world of hurt if they did. Pretty much, I think he just wants a clipboard holder, doesn't he? He wants a number three guy um, just to have as a backup if if Mullins does eventually see the field at some point in the season. Mullins obviously showed a little bit in pre-season that there's a bit of potential there, but Bethard's obviously definitely the number one guy. Yeah, I think the the quarterbacks that he's brought in, they're, they're just, they're, they're just an, another guy, aren't they? Yeah. It's it's hard to see any of those guys coming in and making any impression on the team. Hopefully, not you know seeing the, you know hopefully they won't be seeing the field of action at any point this season. I'm pretty sure it's going to be down to you know Mullins and and Bethard now for the rest of the season, and it's something will have to have gone spectacularly wrong if uh, someone like a Tom Savage or something is going to come in and quarterback the team this season. Yeah, that was that was exactly my view as well. I thought they came in, he wanted to have a look, see what was available. Um, and I think it was more a reflection on Mullins being a rookie rather than Bethard's ability because he knows what Bethard's like. He he likes the kids. He's got the confidence he can run the offence. Um, but he's obviously there as a backup and that's why we're using him because I was starters out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh Bethard is, um, or Bethard, however you want to pronounce it, CJ is is uh, Kyle's guy as well, isn't he? Kyle wanted to wanted him to be uh, on the 49ers roster. He traded up into the in the third round to get him last season. So it, there's there's some confidence there. So I don't think people should be writing him off at the minute. He's shown flashes last season that he can potentially hold his own as a starter in the NFL. There's obviously a lot of improvement for him to 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 become the, the starter this season and and to try and get himself in the reckoning for a starting job, if not at San Francisco, which it won't be obviously, but maybe somewhere else. So it, it's up to him now to to see what he's made of, really. Improvement and progression is one of the things that would be interesting to see from Bethard to see how he has improved mm. from last season. He started yeah. five games, I think. Yeah. Four touchdowns, six interceptions. 
Yeah. Um, his accuracy wasn't great. It was it was 54, 55% accuracy. Um, but it was his rookie season, and he was thrown in at the deep end. So it is going to be interesting to see what a full off se- a, a second full off season, uh, and that little bit of experience as an NFL starter last season has brought to his game. And I think the main thing is when he started those five games last season, our O line wasn't as good as it was this season. And no. regardless of what people say, the O line is a significant upgrade on last season's O line. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how he performs behind a better O-line. Yeah, definitely. He's going to have to release the ball quicker. He's going to have to learn from some of Jimmy's mistakes that Jimmy's made this season. Um, he's definitely going to have to hit guys in stride and improve on his accuracy from last season. If he starts holding on to the ball as long as what Jimmy was this season, then he is going to get into trouble. And the good thing about this game on Sunday is, well, I, was, I nearly said San Diego himself then, LA, as in the stadium that they're playing in now, it's not an intimidating place to go. They play in a 23,000 all-seater soccer stadium. So I can I can see that the, when the 49ers go south into LA and down to San Diego and these places, it's going to be about a 50-50 split of the fans down there. And it's not going to be an intimidating place to go. It's the same as when the San Francisco Giants go down to, down to LA and down to San Diego. They take thousands and thousands of fans down there and thousands of fans are already are down there. Essentially, he's going into what could be mini Levi's South. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely. It's not going to be intimidating. It's almost a perfect environment for someone to go in there and make your season debut. Yeah, he, he lost a lot of close games last year, and I think if the team can be a little bit better, and and there are signs of improvements there, that and if CJ can be a little bit better, who knows? Yeah, and he's kept it tight in pretty much all of those defeats that he was in last season wasn't he so yeah. that suggests to me that if we could see some, something similar from him again and get him comfortable uh, and if he exceeds expectations and he gets the freedom to be a bit looser out there and maybe he starts slinging it around we saw what he was capable of just on that one throw on Sunday who knows what could happen He's, but he is going to need help from his receivers we can't afford the amount of drops running the wrong routes and stuff that we've been seeing in the first three weeks of the season yeah, that has been a problem. Um, and to go back to the point you were making there, I think this is probably the best the best of a bad situation. It's the best yeah. game he could possibly come into uh, and start his debut, his season debut again. You look at the Chargers' defence, and the, the 24th in rushing defence, the 25th in passing defence, they're not particularly good. I watched the last two Chargers games. I only intended to watch the last one, but that was against the Rams, and they were getting blown mm. out all the time. And I was thinking, well, does the defense look that bad because they're playing against the Rams offense, which is a very good offense? So then I went a game further back and watched them against the Bills. But the Bills seemed to be ripping them apart on the ground. Mm. They could get through. They were pushing the ball down there. They were gaining the yards. They were putting points on the board. So I, I think it is the best possible team he can come in against. I think it's going to be a close game. And I, I think the outcome of the game is going to come down to one of two things. Either how well we rush the ball or how well we defend the pass. I, I yeah. think it's going to be based on those two. I think both teams right now, other than the quarterback situation, are very, very similar. There seems to be, There's a lot of similarities in... Uh, a lot of the stis- I know it's early in the season, but in the stats and the percentages, and 
I didn't. I was amazed that it opened up at nearly two touchdown spread because I thought that was really sort of. Um, well, I thought it was quite disrespectful, really, personally. But am I am I the only person in the world that is not overly confident? But I seem quite confident about Sunday. <laughs> I, I, I've listened to no, so you know, definitely... some, some of the radio and stuff this week, and it's like, oh, we're going to lose. It's just a matter of how many points we're going to lose. But I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. They're missing their best defensive player. As you say, we can run on them. We can probably pass on them. Yes, we're missing Sherman and we're missing our quarterback, but that doesn't warrant, to my mind, a 10.5, 11-point spread at the minute. No, I agree with that, and you're not the only one who's quietly confident. Like I said, when, when I've looked at the stats, the Chargers' defence, the 49ers' offence, the Chargers' offence and the 49ers' defence, there is some good matchups going to happen there. I mean, yeah. the, the 24th Russian defense, we are second in the in Russian offense. However, you, you can look at the Lions game where we rushed for 190 yards. Has that largely contributed to the number two ranking? More than likely. However, we are moving the ball really well. Yeah. The O-line's making the gaps for Breda and Morris. And we, we are doing well as a Russian team. And from yeah. what I've seen over the charges over the last two weeks, the gaps are huge. So I can see us ripping them apart on the ground. And if they're going to stack the box and try and make Bethard um, beat them through the air, they've got the 25th passing defence. They're not great. Mm. As long yeah. as you can keep the ball away from Derwin James, their, their rookie safety, I think we'll be fine. You, you look at the two cornerbacks, and in both games against the Bills and the Rams, they didn't look confident. They were making mistakes. <laughs> I'll have to say it looked like a 49ers uh, defence, <laughs> a cornerback, to be honest. Um, not Sherman aside, forget about Sherman, he, he's good Sherman. But yeah, it did, it looked very much like us, the, the way they were attacking the ball at cornerback, uh, blown coverages. So I think this game is a winnable game, even though it's yeah. on the road and we've just lost our starter. I am quietly confident that we can come away with a win. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I think if if they do stack the box, I think that gives us some nice matchups on the outside. Yeah, it's going to be probably man coverage or one-on-one -on -one coverage, but... CJ's definitely going to need to run in game. Um, he's going to have to rely on the play-action game in the same way that Jimmy had started to get it working to open up his receivers. Like we said, the O-line's done well, run blocking, so that's going to be a really interesting matchup for me because they've got um, Joey Bosa missing again, haven't they, which is obviously a huge plus for us. Their pass rush doesn't seem particularly great, so no Bosa would, to my mind, lend itself to CJ having a decent chance of having a good game and you know i'm not saying go and pick him up in your fantasy teams but there's a chance do you know what i mean in i think it possibly lends itself to a, a last team to score wins type game yep i know exactly what you mean um especially about their their pass rush it's non-existent uh against both the bills and the rams they just weren't there. I think mm. they did get a couple of sacks against the Bills, but it wasn't the defensive line that was getting around there. They looked quite poor and they were easy to hold off. Uh, and that was from a Bills offensive line point of view, not just the Rams. So I, I think Bethard's going to have a lot of time in the pocket. Hopefully he doesn't hold on to the ball as long as Jimmy, and he does yeah. get it out. And because of what everybody is expecting from the Chargers, stacking the box, I can see the first couple of players being passing players but then relying on the run to, to generate the space in the passing game. Because if I was Kyle, I'd go I'd go deep to Goodwin on the first play of the game. Because that's what CJ was getting into the rhythm with with uh, Goodwin last season, wasn't it? He had the, the big touchdown at home. 
So I would agree as as long as he keeps it away from Derwin James. Well, yeah, this is the thing. But yeah. I, th- I think we we need to be better on first and second down. We we can't keep finding ourselves in third and long situations. And when we are in third down, we need to be in short situations, short yardage situations, so that we can up our conversion rate and limit these three and outs that we seem to be uh, stuck with again at the minute. And obviously, the red zone offense has to be in, uh, an improvement. And I think we need, just need to hit them early and, and keep keep the score close, and then who knows what's going to happen in in the uh, in the sort of last stages of the game. Anything could happen. You know, you could be one fumble, one one interception away from uh, winning this sort of game. If we play more like we were in the second half against the Chiefs and in that sort of good second stroke third quarter period against the Lions, keep the defense defense off the field and keep them rested, then yeah, there's a, there's a chance we can uh, we can win. You mentioned Joey Bosa being out. Um, mm-hmm. He's out with a foot injury. That That is a huge positive for the 49ers offense. Um, they've got a couple of other players who are questionable, which you would look at that, uh, these particular type players, and think hopefully if they don't play that, that's got to be a positive as well. Um, you've got Travis Benjamin, who's questionable with a foot injury, and you've also got Keenan Allen. Now, this is, a, this is an interesting one. If you've seen the injury report for the Chargers, he's questionable. And the reason he's questionable is because of a knee and a tooth. A tooth? Exactly. Okay. A tooth. So that <laughs> that must be some tooth that's causing them um, some pain. Yeah. But yeah I, I saw that in the injury report and I thought, is that a typo? Is that, should that be something <laughs> else? But no, it's it's on a few different things. He's got a pooly tooth, so you might okay. miss the game. And Mind Keenan you, Allen, I wish to take on anyone. No, I wouldn't either. And Keenan Allen was one of the better wide receivers over the last fortnight for the Chargers. Williams, I think he's their leading wide receiver this season at the moment. Played well against both the Rams and the Bills. I think over the two games, he either got three or four touchdowns. And he looked good. He could stretch the field. And obviously it helps when you've got Philip Rivers throwing the ball to you. There was a few throws that Philip Rivers made that were absolutely excellent against top Top quality cornerbacks, the likes of Marcus Peters, straight over his shoulder, dipped down into Williams' hands, and it was a fantastic uh, play, fantastic play, fantastic touchdown. So we, we have to be cognizant of that, uh, and hopefully our pass defense picks up a little bit from what it has done over the last few weeks. They they have to. There's 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 no uh, must. They have to. The, the Chargers are a bit sort of like the Chiefs, aren't they? But less dynamic, I think. They've got the the weapons in the offense, you know, like you say, the Keenan Allen, the, the Mike Williams, Terrell Williams, and Antonio Gates, where they're going out and they're attacking all areas of the field, aren't they? They're, they? They've got nice matchups all over the field, and also their two running backs. I think they've caught twenty eight passes already this season. Coming yeah, out of that that's field. correct. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's the the weapons that they've got there are set to cause us a lot of problems on defence so it's going to be tough it's going to be very very tough we've just got to try and stick with them I think and if if we can make a couple of early stops on defence they're going to be confident and they're going to be buoyed and hopefully that will then transpire onto the offence who can also pick up on that and uh, hopefully score some points because that the team needs to gel now both offensively and defensively they need to almost become sort of one don't they rather than Yes, it's no good if the offense are going three and out and the defense are on the field all the time. The defense needs to go out, create stops. The offense then needs to go out and convert. You know, a lot of these sort of third down conversions and things now and stay on the pitch and 
keep the defense rested as much as possible. It's no good if we're three and out, three and out, three and out, and then we're twenty-one nil down after, you know, after the first quarter. It, it, they need to they need to pick up on on each other and get positives from each other, and and that's going to hopefully take us through the game. So our defensive issues has been well documented over the last three weeks, uh, mainly the the missed tackles. And both Robert Sala and Ruben Foster have given interviews this week where they addressed the issue. And they both came up with exactly the same saying. So I think it's probably just come from Robert Sala first. Mm. Um, but what they're saying is we're not stepping on enough toes. We're not making body-to-body tackles. We're trying to hit them at the point of attack. And by that, I'm assuming he means we're diving as soon as we think we can get there yeah. rather than actually get your body in front of them and tackle them with your full weight behind behind them. And the point was made about Reuben Foster, because Reuben Foster missed a few tackles last week. Uh, and Reuben turned around, and uh, apparently he's, he's his biggest critic, which you would expect from any sports, sports personality. And he turned around and he said, yeah, yeah, I'm not stepping on enough toes. I need to get in the face. I need to get my body up against their body and then make the tackle. Yeah, it's no good diving in five, six yards away, head down, not looking where they're going. That because that's essentially what we've been doing, haven't we? How many times have we seen this season that we're we're just chucking ourselves at, at offensive players and and they're just brushing us brushing us off? I think we lead the league in missed tackles this season, forty three, I think it is forty four, forty three, something like that. I thought, sure, oh, I had that this 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 week on the radio. Yeah, I thought it was forty seven myself. Forty seven sticks in my mind. Yeah, it, it's somewhere up there already, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous and. It, that's that's what I think we said earlier in the week or last week. It, it's coachable, but I know they don't want to get injuries on the practice field. But these these things are coachable, and let's face it, they've been doing this all their careers, haven't they? Most of these guys, you know, the defense isn't new to them. It's not like they've just. It's not like you or I have just been chucked out on the field and <laughs> and we're trying to make a name for ourselves. And they've been doing this for years. There's there's no excuse for it. I know we've got a young team and and that and and. People are faster in the NFL than they were at college, and they it, it just it's got to, it's got to improve, hasn't it? And we like I say, we we can't keep giving up these um, long screen passes and things as well, and and because that's that's the more frustrating thing as well is like you you force them into third, fifteen, third and fourteen or whatever, and then the quarterback dumps off a little little pass out to the running back, and then three missed tackles behind the line of scrimmage, and he's got a first down. It's embarrassing. So that echoes what Robert Saller had said on, on the interview on Thursday. And it's all about getting back to basics. It's all coachable. Mm. And he did turn around and he says, we as coaches need to do a better job and make sure the players are prepared to go out there and make tackles the way they're taught to make tackles. Because at the moment, yeah, absolutely. he said, the way we teach them, they're not doing it on the field. So there's something happening between practice and the game day where they're completely forgetting the whole basics of tackling. And that's what they're going to concentrate on all week. And that's what they have concentrated on all week. Yeah. So fingers crossed. I'm hoping it's much, much better come Sunday. Yeah. And talking of helping the D line needs to really step up their game this week to help the uh, secondary, because with no Sherman back there, they're almost obliged and pressured to have to perform this week. We, we've kind of we, we've hit on Solomon Thomas quite a few times about how he's not reaching the level of a first round pick. 
the matchup he's got on Sunday, I think, is a very good matchup for him. Um, the right, sorry, the left guard, the left guard isn't particularly a, a good player at all for the Chargers. So yeah. I can definitely see the centre and the left guard double team in Buckner, who's our elite defensive lineman. And that's going to leave Solomon Thomas one-on-one with the left guard. And the left guard isn't particularly good either for the Chargers. So I think if there's a game where he's going to have a sort of a breakout game, actually show what he's worth, it's going to be this game on Sunday. I think it's a really good opportunity for him to to lose that tag of a, a bust first-round pick. And I know we only just over a season into his NFL career, but he definitely hasn't shown what we expected him to show, potential-wise. No, no. No, the Chargers on their own line have got a couple of the lowest-rated guys on PFF, I believe. So that's... Of, you know, that's definitely something that we should be exposing and trying to get the better of. And again, that's going to come down to Salah to try and uh, get the get the schemes and and stuff to uh, to create the pressure on Rivers. Yeah, definitely. And, and Rivers isn't the best under pressure. If you give him plenty of time, he can throw a fantastic ball. Oh, if yeah, you he rush can, him, yeah. he, he makes some stupid decisions every now and again. Uh, over the last two weeks against both the Rams and the, the, the Bills, he, he made a snap decision because pressure was bearing down on him. I think the Rams ended up with uh, an interception. And I think the Bills actually got an interception off him as well. And it's because the pressure came and he just panicked and tried to get the ball out as quickly as possible. Yeah, Rivers is a quarterback that you can definitely get in into his head. I, I think we mentioned it a, a couple of weeks ago now that Rivers is a bit like... Um, Jay Cutler, isn't he? he? He can be absolutely superb and throw five, six touchdowns one week. But the week after, he could be throwing throwing into triple coverage and throwing five interceptions. Yeah, he definitely has if a Jekyll and Hyde player. Yeah, ball. he has, yeah. And if, if you can get into his head and if you can get the pressure on him, then there's a chance. There's definitely a chance. So, defence, Solomon Thomas, I think, will, will have a good game. Buckner might have a good game, um, even if they're double-teaming him. We've got probably Exum coming back to start the game in place of Tart, who, who's still listed as doubtful. Um, and I think it was mentioned in one of the interviews during the week. It might have been Shanahan's interview. And he said he expects Exum to start the game. Tart may play some point, but I don't think Tart will start. So Exum came through last week's game quite well. There was a couple of throws I wasn't happy with him because he was a mile away from his cover guy. But obviously... I'm more confident in him this week now that I've rewatched the game a couple of times. And I think he's he's probably set for a good game as well. Quite possibly, yeah. And that again is is a bit worrying. <laughs> and that is again gonna come down to the defensive line that they, they need to come to the party this week. It's the, the the game that's probably the most crucial matchup in the whole game is probably gonna be how much pressure that defensive line can get on 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 Philip Rivers and and through and pass through the Chargers O line because if they don't, Rivers is going to be absolutely licking his lips at the thought of throwing at a defensive backfield with no Richard Sherman, a killer with a spoon who's started the season with a stinker, and two um two safeties who are essentially were in street clothes not long ago. Well, if we do have Witherspoon up against Keenan Allen, if if he's declared fit, then that is going to be a bit of a worry because, mm. like you said, the way he's played over the last three weeks, I think he's going to get torched time and time again. 
Obviously, I might be doing him a disservice. He might have had three bad games. Last season, he was a much, much better cornerback. I can't quite put my finger on why why he's regressed this badly. But yeah, if Keenan Allen is fit to play, that's going to be a cause of concern. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at some of the other matchups we've got, again, I think we've talked about the O-line, the defensive line. Over, over on the left-hand side defensive line, Eric Armstead, I think he's in the same boat as Solomon Thomas. I think this is a game where he can actually shed that you're not very good tag and he's been a bit of a disappointment because he's up against uh, Tevy and Schofield on the left-hand side there. And as you've already mentioned, the the some of the lowest-ranked offensive linemen on PFF. Mm. Yeah. So hopefully we can take advantage of those, those matchups and possibly see either Foster, Warner or Smith piping through a gap in the middle there and getting that pressure on Rivers. Yeah, it, it has to happen. There's um, there's no two ways about it. It's um, The whole game will come down to how much pressure this D-line can get on Rivers and on, on their O-line. That, that is essentially what will decide the game for me. Do you want to make a score prediction? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Now, I did quite well at this last week. <laughs> yeah, so no pressure then? No pressure, yeah. Um, I can see the Chargers. It's not going to be a ten and a half point game. No, definitely I, not. I, I think we're, we're going to cover the spread. I think, actually, let me just check my notes. We are currently seven and two against the spread in our last nine. Obviously, some of that dates back to Jimmy's starts at the end of last season. Yeah. And Chargers are only nine and 21 against the spread in their last 30 home games. Now, I'm definitely taking the over, which is 47 and a half. 47 and a half. That, to me, right. seems to be a tap-in. Yeah. 47 and a half points in this game. So, I can see the Chargers. I think they're, I think they're going to put up about 33. Right. And I, I think we're going to... 25. I think we're going to be... We're going to have the ball at the end, but it's just not going to work out. 33-25. Right. So... I'm going for a more positive outlook. I I can see us getting 28, Chargers 24. Oh. See, when I started this recording, I was thinking I'm going to predict us for a win. But having <laughs> having thought about the secondary matchups and the defensive line not performing, I potentially would have reversed my score. But yeah, I think as positive as I am about tomorrow... I, I can't see us winning, but I think if we can keep it close, then again, we've just got to try and take the positives from uh, hanging in there against uh, an offense and, you know, who are very, very high powered again. Not as good as the Chiefs, but yes, it's, yeah. it's going to be tough again. It's going to be tough. And like I say, I, I want to be positive. I want to try and predict, I want to predict a win, but I think if if I'm being really honest about it I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a close close defeat I'll, yeah I'll stick with I think it's going to be a close win so we, mm. we've, got, we've got two conflicting uh, score lines there so it should be interesting to see how it comes out I, yeah, I've just definitely. got I've just got this feeling that we're going to surprise everyone I, I think Bethard's going to surprise everyone I, I <laughs> hope Bethard's going to surprise everyone <laughs> because you mentioned earlier I wouldn't recommend anybody goes out and picks them up in the fantasy team. No, okay. no, I wouldn't be doing well, that. Well, guess what? 
<laughs> I picked them up with my fantasy team. And the reason I did that is because the league I'm in, there was no other starters in there. I had to drop uh, Garoppolo down to reserve because I, I want to pick him as a keeper next season. And the only other one there that was going to start was Bethard. So I thought, well, I may as well start him. Oh, I may as well pick him. Sorry. He's not starting. I've got Rosselsberger starting. But I may as well pick him. And then at least I've got two starting quarterbacks on my roster. Um, so, yeah, I hope he does have a really good game. Uh, I've, I've got this feeling that we will win the game. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be really entertaining for the neutral. It's, it's probably it's going to be nail-biting for ourselves. Um, but if you're a neutral, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, it should be a good game. Um, like I say, I'm really just looking for positives. Hopefully that um, CJ can perform. Hopefully we can get the running game going and hopefully the, the uh, defence don't disgrace themselves too much. And if we can get take something from this game that we can take into the following week's game and through the rest of the season and see that continued improvement, then you know that that's going to be positive for me. And I've heard a bit of talk about the 49ers playing for a high draft pick. Um, yeah, that's if, ridiculous. If you, it's ridiculous. I don't think... To be honest, I don't think the franchise have ever been in that mindset. We've sort of laughed and joked about it in the past when we've really sucked in recent memory. Um, I just don't think that's in the nature of the way that the franchise is moulded in now. And I certainly, they're definitely not thinking that way. This time last week, we were looking at a 8-8 eight and eight record and a possible shot as a playoff team. I suddenly don't see us as a top five pick team all of a sudden for just because we've lost Jimmy for the rest of the season. The team is more than just Jimmy and there seems to be a lot of pride in the organisation once again, which is a, a good thing to see. And if we do end up with a high draft pick, then so be it. Potentially that, that will then be either used to retool with, you know, potentially trading down to try and get somebody else who we like further down the draft or you take the best player available at the top of the draft. It, it's going to be, I just don't think there's any any value in uh, tanking for the rest of the season and I certainly don't think that's in the uh, in the way that the organisation is thinking Yeah, as much as they've agreed. been mocked and um, hounded and everything over the last couple of years and I think we've all been extremely disappointed with the way that the, the franchise has been heading in recent times but we're most definitely pointing in the right direction now the exciting times of being a 49er fan are back I believe even though I've just predicted them to lose a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I agree with that. I think the exciting times are back. Yeah. Um, and my last sort of thing on the uh, J Jimmy situation is Jimmy now, he can get back into film room studies. He can learn from this year. He can learn from mentoring CJ. He can learn from last season. Um, he can mentor him. He can be on the sidelines every week. And... Um, he needs to stop banging porn stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially especially porn stars that uh, go away a bit unhappy and start tweeting about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A couple of points over the week. Um, so I mentioned earlier on that I, I think tomorrow night's game is going to be an absolute corker for the neutral. Did you watch Thursday night's game, the Vikings-Rams? I did indeed. I uh, sat down, was working from home yesterday afternoon, so I sat down and watched it. And yeah, what a game. What? What a game. And I think I mentioned this earlier in, in the other podcast. It pains me to say it, but what a team that LA Rams team is now. Yeah, completely agree. What a fantastic game it was. And uh, a, a young uh, 
a young wide receiver making his debut for the Vikings. Somebody called Aldrich something or the other getting two touchdowns. Yes, two touchdowns. <laughs> and I, th- I think you called that one in a different podcast as well. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 So Aldrich Robinson was one of the things that happened this week. And the other one was Eric Reed. So we offered him a one-year contract. He was offered a one-year contract by the Panthers. He turned ourselves down. And the reason he did that is because he had a shot at being the starter for the remainder of the season at the Panthers. Whereas if yeah. he came into the 49ers, he knew as soon as Tart was fit or Colbert was fit, he was going to be a backup again. So yeah. I think he took the decision based on how much playing time he would get, um, which you can respect that. Yeah, and a change of environment, change of scene, a bit like Robinson there, might you know may do him good. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's got a chance to shine. He can hopefully let his football do the talking and not his off-field politics and bits and bobs that we've uh, seen in recent times. And yeah, hopefully he can get himself uh, get himself uh, out there starting and uh, become the dominant safety that he sort of he threatened to show in San Francisco, didn't he? He, he looked like he had the making of a maybe not superstar, but certainly of a, a very, very good, very positive um, safety. But it just uh, we saw flashes of it, didn't we? But it was never, we, was we never did. sort of there week week after week and he didn't have the consistency, really. Yeah, I think it was his pass coverage. His, his pass coverage was poor. Yeah. His coverage against the run was absolutely excellent. If if you were going to have a running player and you were going to substitute one of your safeties purely for a running player, you'd stick Reid in. I mean, we stuck him at uh, linebacker and that shows you how good yeah. or how big he is, I mean, because he was a big, he, he was a big guy for a safety. Uh, and he, he did actually play quite well there. So, yeah, I hope he has a really good season with the Panthers. And, um, yeah, I hope it turns out okay for both him and us. Because, obviously, now we're struggling a little bit with injuries at that position. Mm, yeah, definitely. To the group members, I'd love to see what your score predictions are for this game. Um, see if you can replicate what Brian did last week. See how close <laughs> you can get to the score predictions. Um, stick them in the group page. I'll stick the game day thread up on Saturday and you can start putting your score predictions on there. And I'd also like to hear what people think about the matchup, where you think we can win the game, where you think we'd lose the game, who are you excited to see play. Um, and let's generate a bit of conversation within the game day thread and hopefully uh, have some positive feedback. Yeah, feedback's definitely good. It's uh, definitely welcomed as well. Good positive or things we can improve on and stuff so yeah any, anything you think we can be doing better or whatever or if just, just happy with what we're doing then let us know by all accounts please do right thanks for listening guys uh, hope you've enjoyed it and we'll be back again on Monday for the game review look forward to it thanks a lot guys Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time, Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.